0: All right, freelance entrepreneurs, we're talking about taxes. Let me just put into perspective real quick. If you were working a nine to five job at a company making, let's say, 75K a year salary, your take home might only be 60 because they're taking out taxes. If you're a freelance entrepreneur running your business through an LLC, let's say, you get to write off some of those expenses, which will reduce your tax liability. So Ed and I are about to get into it. We're about to ta- talk about tax strategy, what it means to us, how we go through these things and navigate some of these hard conversations that come with being a creative entrepreneur. What's up, Ed?
1: Sup, sup. What's up, dude. Wel- welcome to the hot seat All on right. taxes. Paul just got a started on the intro. You <laughs> boy was setting up the microphone. All right, roll that intro music. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> Taxes be stressful, yo. And I know a lot because many of you have been commenting on our episodes, on our YouTube videos. We put a Q&A out and a few of you message on there as well on Instagram. Taxes and overall just business structure as a freelancer, even if you're not freelancing, just in general, tax season can be stressful. Yep. And I'm not going to lie. This is not the most sexy topic to talk about. Heck you no. know We're not going up here on a creative podcast talking about taxes like it's the, the new trendy sexy thing to talk about. It's going to get a little unsexy in this episode. And if
0: you've been following the mid-combo, we're all about talking about things that most people aren't willing to talk about.
1: Yes. And so this is going to be a valuable episode if you are a freelancer who never really got a rundown on taxes or you have, it's just blurry and you're confused about what you should be doing, where you should be investing, Mm -hmm. what you should be looking at, because that was me when I first started and I had to do all my own research and it probably took me a good like one to two years before I finally was like, okay, this is my system. Yep. And that one to two years before that was just all messy. Mm. So
0: That's good. Hey, quick disclaimer for those of you tuning in. Ed and I, we are not tax professionals. We are not accountants. We're not CPAs. This is not financial advice. We are sharing what we've learned from the lens and perspective of two creative entrepreneurs running their businesses. And um, I'm stoked to get into this. How are we breaking this one down?
1: You know what? I have notes on my phone, so we don't ramble. So let me look at this. Let me look at this, y'all. So tax strategy, okay. Oh, first things first, organization. Yep. Okay, and we can talk a little bit about how we organize our taxes. I think mainly what I want to talk about is money comes in, right? We're all freelancers. Money comes in. Where does money go? Hmm. How? What's the split here, right? We all have a bank account where money comes in from gigs or services. What happens after that?
0: That's good. Oh, you asking me? I mean, I can start it off. Yeah, I think organization. Think of it as if you're organized with your finances, with your accounting. Yeah, the foundation of your business is going to be so much more healthy. Mm-hmm. How do you approach that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it took a lot of tweaking and refining over the years. I think I still am trying to figure it out. But right off the bat, pay yourself. Yep. Something that this is something common, common um finance information that you see online, but. When you get money coming, let's just say, for example, purpose, you get $5,000 coming in from a gig, how much of that money is going into your bank account, your personal bank account? Mm -hmm. How much of that money is going towards your bills and expenses? How much of that money is going to your retirement or savings? Like Basically, we don't have to get into the nitty-gritty percentages, but if you don't have a plan of where your money is going Mm -hmm. and you're just making it and then spending it, one, you're never going to feel prepared financially. True. And two, your business won't ever have the... It's very hard to track your goals when you don't know what your split is. Mm-hmm. One month, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is the most money I've ever seen. And the next month, you're like, I'm poor. Yeah. Where is my money? If you guys want to be surprised
0: going into tax season, mm-hmm. be disorganized. Ooh. Ooh. One way that you That's can get- or- off guard, bro. I, I had to hit them Because <laughs> I'll tell you right now, first couple years of my business, I've been running my freelance business for 11 years now. Clap noise. First wow. couple of years, I would go into tax season and be like, I'm probably going to be good. Bad tax bill. Yeah, so, that sucks. One way that you can get you know, ahead, plan ahead, is uh, I like using QuickBooks for organization.
1: Yeah, QuickBooks is good. That's what I use too. QuickBooks online is great. Um, it's good to just get financial forecasts of where you're at. And the reason why this is important, y'all, is because just a more practical level, If for those of you who are listening who are kind of green on this, when you work a job, you get a W-2. And your W-2, typically your employer is the one that kind of handles the split and the government, like what you're paying for social security, what you're paying for taxes. So by the time it comes to use that turbo tax or it comes time to pay your taxes, like it's kind of already done for you yep. because you've already been paying taxes. It's been coming out of your paycheck. Now, when you run your own business, you don't have someone to manage that. Mm-mm. So you still have to pay taxes. Yep. And this is why it's so important to figure out what the split is, how much are you paying quarterly, how much are you paying yearly, all those types of things. And uh, again, so just from a high level, organization, that's the first step. Figure out where your money is going when it comes in. That's good. Yeah. All right. If you're a
0: creative entrepreneur, photographer, videographer, I don't care, and you're trying to run your business in a healthy manner, you're eventually going to want to get and hire a
1: professional tax accountant mm-hmm. that specializes in small to mid-sized businesses. Yep. hundred percent. And we want to talk about over the next couple of minutes, what you should look for when looking for an accountant. Because, yo, that is stressful. That is a wild west. I've had bad accountants. I've had terrible accountants. Same. And then I've had amazing accountants. Yeah. Well, actually, only one amazing accountant. That's <laughs> why I'm still working with them now. But So the first few things that I would look for in an accountant, one is do they even know what you do? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm for it. Yeah. Are you'll they be, familiar with your industry? Exactly. Because you'll get these accounting firms that, yeah, they work with businesses that trade uh, like transactional businesses, right? Like a yep. local sandwich shop or a local coffee shop. You know, how they operate their business is very different from how you operate your business. Mm-hmm. So understanding that you find someone that really understands what you do is so crucial because if they don't even know what you do, how can they help you with your taxes? One tip is interview uh,
0: tax accountants. Yeah, like huge. One thing that I did early on was I interviewed a few people and I wasn't going to hire the accountant that uh, works only with realtors. Mm-hmm. would it make sense. So hiring someone who's familiar with the industry is number
1: one. Yes. The second thing that I would look for an accountant is understanding, you know, do they only work with big teams or are they familiar with working with freelancers? Mm-hmm. Because there are accounting firms or accountants that work with a lot of big companies with tons of employees, tons of contractors, right? But if you're like, like when I was first starting out, it was just, it was just me, yeah. you know, I was a single person. And so understanding that the accountant needs to know how you operate, which is the first point, but also how to work with freelancers. That's good. Because how you, the tax savings and tax, the way you do it is all kind of different from when you're a big company.
0: That's good. I think number three for me has to be strong communication. Mm -hmm. Man, for me, I fired uh, an accountant at one point Mm -hmm. because I can never get a hold of them. It's the worst. When I went to go look for a new accountant, I was looking for someone who was able to respond to my emails quick. When we set up uh, that first initial get to know you call, they showed up on time. They were the one scheduling it. And then I also just want to like encourage you guys, do a little research on your industry going into any sort of tax conversation with someone, because they, then you can ask them questions, hard questions like, hey, here's how I run my business. What do you recommend for me? So make sure that they're giving you ideas and strategy for how you can organize and do things better when it comes to all things taxes and accounting.
1: Definitely. And to add to your point on point three, it's like understanding that there's a difference between someone who just prepares taxes and someone who does tax strategy, Mm -hmm. right? That's like one thing I was running into one of my my accountants that I fired was like, all he does was just punching in numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, like anybody can look at a a financial document and plug in numbers and then submit it to the IRS or submit to the government. But it's totally different and way more helpful when your accountant is actually like, Giving you solutions on how you can a pay less taxes or b just be more organized with finances. Yeah. Also, it's getting super sunny right now. If you're watching the video, like, <laughs> like God rays <laughs> just came out of this window. Like, I don't even know if I'm if I'm still even exposed properly. <laughs> I love that, bro. Increase. Get my hey. Get
0: my uh, ND filter. <laughs> All right. Cool. One piece of advice that I want to give, real quick, on hiring an accountant, yeah, is just know that you're not married to them. Yeah, like you can test them out for six months and
1: see how it goes, and if it's not a good fit, pivot, mm-hmm. pivot. Don't be afraid to fire your accountant. That's good. Communication is huge, and if they're if you feel if your gut check is that they're not helping you, you're you should already fire them. Yeah, like your accountant, and I've learned this the hard way. You should feel more trustworthy of your financial documents with them than you do yourself mm. if you feel like you know more about your own business about your own financial documents about your own numbers more than your accountant that's already a bad fit yep because your accountant is the one that manages your money yeah so if they're the one plugging in the numbers and you're like unsure if they're gonna do it properly that's a red flag super a huge red flag um i like that also you- i want to
0: say Uh, When people think of hiring an accountant, they think, wow, it's going to be crazy expensive. It's an investment. It's also a write-off. But the goal of an accountant is to make sure that there's tax strategy involved that's actually going to reduce the amount of money you owe. So really, for my accountant, I'll be honest with you, I pay a couple grand to them. But if I look at my business now that I have them in the picture versus when I didn't, I'm saving so much more money at the end of the year. That's how you know it's a benefit to your business. 100%. Hundred percent.
1: What do you think? <laughs> let's get let's go on a little let's, hot yeah. hot take. Okay. <laughs> we see this a lot on social media because it's just a fun one to talk about. Let's talk about write-offs, yo. Ooh. Tax write-offs. I know you guys be getting funny with the Instagram reels and stuff, but all right, what what okay, can you can you tell the people what is a tax write-off and what are the benefits of a tax write-off? What is a write-off? I think it's a purchase
0: that you make that's going to help your business grow. Yeah. Right? Business expense. Business expense. Yeah. And I think it has to involve your business in some shape or form. For example, you buy camera equipment. It's gonna help you uh, serve your clients better.
1: Yep. And the reason why it's beneficial is because basically anytime you don't make an expense or there's no expense, you have you have taxable income now. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars, you spend Forty thousand of that in expenses. Now you have to pay sixty thousand dollars in income tax or whatever tax. Mm-hmm. But if you don't spend forty and you only spend like ten grand, let's say, now you have ninety thousand dollars of taxable income. Mm-hmm. You see, you'll be paying more in taxes. Yeah, so it's like people get that confused though, because just yep. because you have a tax write off doesn't necessarily mean that you should just go spend all your money. Mm. I actually learned this too, like when I was super green with taxes, because anytime I came up with like new gear, Christine mm-hmm. would be like. That before Christine too. My parents would be like, uh, why are you buying so much gear? I'm like, oh, it's a write-off. Yeah. Like, I I make it seem like I don't, I didn't pay for it. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not even paying for it. Like it's a write-off, but yeah. to get a little bit nerdy with it, because I was just talking about it with my accountant, you have to figure out what is your tax percentage. So, I'm trying to make this like not like too, too like complicating, but for people who are not filing as a corporation thing yet, you're just like an LLC or sole prop, your tax percentage is most likely going to be somewhere in like the 20 to 30% range, Mm -hmm. right? And so if it's 20, 30%, that's what you're paying on taxable income. Mm -hmm. Let's say you want to buy a camera that cost a thousand dollars, right? If you buy this camera and that's an expense now, you'll be paying 30% less in taxes off that thousand, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's an expense now. So then it's like, what, that's... $300 $300 that you'd be saving in taxes mm-hmm. by buying that camera. However, you just spent a thousand dollars to save $300. Yep. So my point in saying that is don't just like buy stuff to write off if you don't need it.
0: That's good. One thing that I like to do with my accountant going into quarter four is I like to set up a meeting
1: mm-hmm. where
0: we look at where I'm going to end up at the end of the year with net income, mm. because I want to know, Hey, what can I write off going into the new year? What, what, investments can I make into my business now versus in January that's going to help reduce my tax liability. Mm-hmm. So I bring that up because going into the next year, um, it's something that you can prepare for.
1: Yeah. So hopefully I get some clarity on people with tax write-offs. That's good. You know, before you start justifying that, can't, that new Canon or that new Sony, or you're going to buy that RF lens right before the year ends. Yeah. Just figure out. Tax write-offs how- are great, Yes. but it doesn't mean that
0: you get to take that entire yeah. amount that you purchase against what your year end is going to be.
1: I'm trying to get you to buy that Canon R3, though, before Yo, the year
0: ends. I know. Time's coming. Come on, bro. I know. It's a write-off.
1: You basically <laughs> don't have to pay for it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I want to talk about a few strategies that I kind of use in my business as write-offs. And ultimately, it's a way to reduce the tax liability. So the amount of money that I'm going to owe at the end of the year. Go off, bro. Go off. And I'm thankful that my accountant and me have definitely grown together the last couple of years. Um, I just want to be honest with you guys. No matter what professional tax accountant that you go with, they're booked and busy. Mm -hmm. Like they have other clients. I'm a small fish in a big, big pond. Uh, So what that means is I also need to educate myself sometimes on ways that I can reduce tax liability. Here are a couple of them. Making sure that I'm putting as much money as I possibly can into my 401k account um, because that will help reduce tax liability. The second one has to be Um, writing off a certain square footage in my house. So if you work from home, if you have an at-home office, or even if you don't, whether you rent or you have a mortgage, uh, depending on your tax code, Mm -hmm. you can actually write off up to a certain amount of square footage.
1: Definitely. It's pretty sweet. There's so many, dude. There are literally thousands, hundreds of methods to figure out how to save on taxes. Mm -hmm. One that kind of blew my mind, and I know you know about this one too, is like you can use your own home as a meeting place, the Augusta rule, yeah, yeah, and like I think it's different in every state, just like a little bit. But like when my accountant told me about that, like you can look up on PeerSpace like a similar space as like your own home, mm-hmm. and then see what they're charging hourly. And then you can charge, I think, up to fourteen full days, like you rented and you worked out of your out of the year. You can have up to fourteen days of renting your own house. Yeah, to it's like you rent your own house to yourself for your business. Yep, for a project. I mean, obviously, you want to be um, there, there's you want to be like good about it and have proper documentation and make sure that the actual business being connected. You can't just like write it off and like not conduct business, I and mean, totally. that's just illegal. Yeah, and this is why this podcast is not financial advice, and you want to ask your accountant about that. But I'm just saying that there's a lot of ways to reduce your tax liability, and when we say reduce tax liability, just means. Let's say you your taxable income at the end of the year is like a hundred thousand dollars. If you have more tax saving strategies, you can reduce that to like fifty or forty or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So reducing your taxable income without saving you money. That's so good. And this taxes. And Absolutely. So I think there's I think there's two parts to this whole episode, which is tax organization, mm-hmm. which is if you're not even at the tax strategy part yet, just get your taxes organized, like find the right accountant, figure out how you're distributing your income, all those kind of things. And then going into, okay now that I have all that set in place, let me talk to my accountant about what are some ways I can reduce my tax liability. So it's like I'm step said. two. Yep. Um, so that's kind of the way me and Paul approach taxes. Mm-hmm. And there's probably, we could probably talk about this and get nerdy with it for like another whole 45 minutes, but totally. we're not going to do that. But if you want to let us know, we can definitely go into an episode with that. But I want, there's two other things I want to share with you from a practical, I'll share with everyone who's listening from practical sense. What are some Program recommendations hmm. for taxes, and bookkeeping? And what are some book recs? Oh, if you want to start there. So, uh, what apps yeah. do you use? Like, apps guess, Chris, for like Dude. taxes, yeah. you know, receipts, run, or whatever.
0: Brought it up earlier, but I run everything through QuickBooks. And yeah, you're like a QuickBooks man. Bro, I love QuickBooks. I connect my uh, bank account to it, my credit cards, I can organize everything. I pay contractors, Mm -hmm. you know, by check or through ACH Mm
1: -hmm. and I'm
0: able to organize all the things in there so I can shoot them at 1099 at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And then also it's just a great way to project where the money's coming in from Mm -hmm. while also being able to create vendor profiles for my clients. Mm -hmm. I'm able to uh, send, track all the invoices for all the business that I do in my business. That's good. I know you?
1: I know you love QuickBooks. I I use QuickBooks too. Hey, nice. Um, I also use Notion. I have, do. This, I have like this, I have this weird obsession with like Bro. tracking all my business in Notion so that at the end of the year I can for like see okay, how much of my business was like ran through this this type of project or this client or this over this amount or whatever right yeah Notion is awesome. Um, one kind of side point, not really an app when you talk about QuickBooks, one thing that I wish I would have known way earlier this is huge. If you have a business and you're trying to really do this freelancer thing or photo video, have a separate bank account yo mm-hmm. have a separate bank account separate them separate business bank account and a separate business credit card yep your bookkeeping will be so much easier because for those of you who are still using like your personal cards right now your your money's coming through your personal checking where like if your mom sends you fifty dollars or a client sends you fifty dollars it still comes in the same place is dangerous because it's not organized and your your bookkeeper or yourself, If you don't have a bookkeeper, we'll have to go through all that and and comb through, okay, what was personal? What was business? If you have a business checkings or savings or business account and a business credit card, and you just use those things for everything business. That's awesome. At the end of the year, when you get your statements, you don't have to see like, was this business? Was this personal? Save you so much time. The whole thing is business because you just have it all separated.
0: IRS loves organization. 100%. What you're speaking to. And I think one thing that I want to call out too is um, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that. Try to avoid talking about taxes and finances yeah. and all these things. Um, if you spend just a little bit of time, even in QuickBooks, you'll start to realize that it's actually going to benefit you in so many ways, where you're not stressing about those things so then you can be more creative. Mm-hmm. And while you were talking, I was thinking about even the QuickBooks app. Yeah, you know most people say, "Oh, my receipts are just, yeah, you know, they're digital now in my bank transactions. But whenever I make a purchase with my business card, or for my business. There's the app where I can do a receipt snap. Mm. I can take a photo of the paper receipt. And then it actually attaches to that transaction in QuickBooks, which is kind of cool. Dude,
1: organization is key. Absolutely key. Should we talk about books? Book recs. All right. What's your book rec? Book rec for anyone trying to get financially prepared or just taxes or just anything with money. Check out Tax-Free Wealth. It essentially breaks down how the tax code
0: is actually set up in favor of business owners, Mm. which most people think, oh man, it's hard being a business owner. Absolutely. But also the tax code, when you look into it, uh, it's set up in a way to really benefit small to mid-sized businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tax-Free Wealth is definitely one of my favorite books and kind of breaking down the walls and the scary things that comes with running a business.
1: Yeah. I don't don't think I've even read that one yet. I gotta give that one a read. My book rec is probably more of like a budgeting finance book, not only taxes necessarily, but um, I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Wow. I read that book um a, lot, a couple of years back. It gave me a pretty good perspective shift on how we should view money, our relationship with money, what it means as a business owner, what it means like in your family and for yourself. And so if you've been struggling with just like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, just anything money, because the thing with money is what's interesting is you don't need to be rich to have money problems. No. Like you, could, oh. you could be working a, You could be working a job, W-2 employee, be making paychecks and still struggle with just like money management. You know, you can have little money or a lot of money. If you don't have money organized, it doesn't matter where you're at in that spectrum. You're still going to have to figure out how to keep it organized. So that's good. I would highly recommend reading that book. And also, again, this episode was, again, not the sexiest thing to talk about. Me and Paul, to be honest, like it's something we geek out about. So I don't really, I don't mind talking about it, but many of you asked about the tax topic and so we can talk about other things. Let us know. We'll drop a question, especially for those of you on Spotify. We can, Dude, it's so cool on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify. Yep. I mean, no shade to people on Apple Podcasts right now listening to this.
0: Spotify is where it's at.
1: Spotify has that like Q&A part where you can put a question. Mm-hmm. And then right now when you're listening, you can go after and see the other comments that people have left. And That's you so can cool. answer the poll or the question. So we're going to put like what other things with taxes that you struggle with or you want more insight on. That's good. And we'll put it there because incorporation was another thing. But we can say that for that. Episode. Yeah.
0: I do want to go high level. For a second, okay. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up high level. All right. So if you're still listening, and let's say your business is your high income earner, even. Yeah. So like, what 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 range are we talking? Like over what amount? Let's just say over seventy five thousand dollars a year. Okay. Gross. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, some stuff that you should consider. I'm gonna break it down real quick, and you can kind of add to it. Mm-hmm. But this is more for everybody. So your personal finance situation will bleed into your business. Mm-hmm. So get your your personal finances in order. True. Uh, the second thing that comes to mind is, a lot of people are running their business as just an LLC, mm-hmm. um, like a single member LLC, but or sole prop. Yep, sole prop. If you're at a point where you find yourself maybe even breaking that six figure threshold or that ceiling, uh, look into getting like turning into an S corp. Yeah. Uh, ta- ask your tax uh, professional or accountant. Mm-hmm. Hey, is it a good time for me to elect to be an S corp because there's going to be tax benefits?
1: Yeah, there. it's not always beneficial if you're making. I would say like less than a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. If you're making over a hundred grand a year, I think it's definitely beneficial. If you're listening to this and you're one of that one percent right now that like makes between a hundred fifty and three hundred grand a year, and you're still operating as like a single, like an LLC,
0: you want to be an escort, bro.
1: Hit us up in the DMs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the third thing I want to touch on quick is pay quarterly taxes oh that's huge get ahead yeah Um, that helps the more money you make the more you want to be prepared so one thing that i do is i pay quarterly taxes Mm -hmm. and they're estimated payments yeah and i work with my tax accountant in order to figure out what that amount is based on my projected income
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so it's just something to be mindful of
1: yeah and it's one of those things too where projected income is interesting because when you're a freelancer it's sometimes hard to forecast what what you're going to actually project so um it just depends. If you find yourself constantly paying taxes at the end of the year and you're like, I was not expecting that fat of a bill in terms of taxes, then you should definitely look into quarterly taxes. If you don't find yourself running into that and you're either either getting a return or you just don't ever owe that much taxes, then you're you're probably okay with the quarterly for now. But definitely something that you should think about because if you don't and you get hit with that fatty at the end of the year...
0: That sucks, yo. That'll hit different come April. That was
1: me like two years ago. I cried. I cried for like a whole day. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's because I wasn't prepared and my account has sucked, so I fired them. Man, straight fired.
0: What I love about this episode is we're simply sharing things that we've learned along the way of growing our business mm-hmm. businesses. Yep. And uh, dude, like our businesses are separate outside of Combo. Yeah, yeah, and I, mean, I we think it's cool super to kind of see the behind the scenes of yours and mine, and uh, we'll definitely speak on this more in future episodes.
1: Sick. Thanks for listening all. 'all, Y'all. Y'all tall. Y'all ball ball from Utah. Shush. Peace out.